Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you all doing? Alhamdulillah. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahi ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulih al-kareem. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Allahumma ahdi qalbi wa saddid lisani wa salud zakhimata qalbi. Amin ya rabbil alameen. Alright, let's begin. The Book of Zakat, Obligatory Charity. However, in this chapter of Sahih Bukhari, Imam Bukhari has also recorded different ahadith related to charity in general. So remember that when it comes to spending, when it comes to using our money to obey and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, part of that is to give zakat, which is due annually. But part of that is also to give some of our money, you know, in order to help those who are in need, and also to promote good work. So here in this section of Kitab al-Zakat, under the chapter heading, Imam Bukhari writes, Bab la sadaqata illa an zahri ghinan. Chapter, la sadaqata, there is no charity illa except an zahri ghinan in a state of richness. Meaning, only those who have wealth are supposed to give charity. Meaning, a poor person is not required to give charity. A person who is in debt, a person who has a huge loan to pay off, is not required to give zakat. Likewise, a person who has a family who is completely dependent on him and they are also in need, then that person is not required to give sadaqah. Why? Because remember that spending on one's family is an obligation. Correct? Likewise, fulfilling one's basic needs, like for example, you know, buying food for yourself, Ensuring that you have, you know, basic necessities of life covered, this is also an obligation upon yourself. Likewise, when you've borrowed something from someone, money from someone, returning that money is also an obligation on you. And when it comes to giving sadaqah, giving charity, then that is a sunnah, or that is something that's recommended. That is something that brings a lot of reward. And there's a very important rule that we are taught in our religion, which is that an obligation must always be preferred over other acts of worship. So for example, if a person has a loan to pay off, they should not be giving $1,000 in charity all the time. Why? Because they should be giving that money back to the person whom they borrowed it from. Then Imam Bukhari writes, وَمَنْ تَصَدَّقَ وَهُوَ مُحْتَاجٌ And the person who gives sadaqa while he himself is in need. أَوْ أَهْلُهُ مُحْتَاجٌ Or his family is in need. His family, meaning his dependents, people who depend on him. Like for example, a person's you know, wife, in the case of a man. Or for example, their children. Or for example, one's parents. So while they are in need and they are dependent on him, or there is a loan on him, meaning he's borrowed money from someone, then فَدَّيْنُ أَحَقُّ أَنْ يُقْضَى مِنَ الصَّدَقَةِ then the loan is more worthy of being paid off than giving charity. وَالْعِتْقِ And also setting a slave free. hiba And giving a gift. So in other words, when a person has the option of setting a slave free, or for example, he has the option of giving a huge gift to someone, or give a charity to a very good cause. But at the same time, this person has family that depends on him or he has a huge loan to pay off, then what is he supposed to do? He's supposed to prefer the obligation over the recommended. And, وَهُوَ رَدٌ عَلَيْهِ And it will be returned to him. Meaning if a person in the state where his family is in need, 
or he has a loan to pay off, he still gives, for example, $2,000 to the masjid. And the masjid finds out that this person has a huge loan to pay off. Then what will be done? That money will be returned. It will be returned. Why will it be returned to the giver? Because this charity is not really accepted. Remember this. When it comes to our good deeds, they must be done in a way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with. We have to follow the rules that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Correct? And if we don't follow the rules that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, and we do things according to our desires, then that deed will not be accepted. It will be rejected. So here, if a person is ignoring his obligations, right? And instead he is spending his money in charity, then that charity will not bring him any reward. You understand? And this is something that teaches us a very important lesson. That we cannot forego, we cannot ignore our obligations, right? Our duties, just because we are doing something good. Just because we are doing something good, we cannot ignore our obligations. And let's not try to ignore our obligations under the cover of doing Islamic good, righteous deeds. لَيْسَ لَهُ أَن يُتْلِفَ أَمْوَالَ النَّاسِ This person has no right to ruin other people's property. Which people's property? The people from whom he has taken a loan. Right? He's taken a loan from them, so he must return it. He must not keep it with himself or now give it to the poor. قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ The Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ أَخَذَ أَمْوَالَ النَّاسِ Whoever takes the wealth of people, يُرِيدُ إِتْلَافَهَا Intending its ruin. أَتْلَفَهُ اللَّهُ Then Allah will ruin him. This is a very important hadith. Here, the Prophet ﷺ is saying that the person who takes the wealth of people intending to ruin it, then Allah will ruin this person. What does it mean by taking the wealth of people intending to ruin it? What is meant by this is, one scenario could be that a person borrows money from someone with no intention of ever returning it. You understand? He's borrowing money or car or the property of someone with no intention of returning it. So what is he doing? He's causing loss to the other person. In this situation, what will happen? This person with the corrupt intention will be ruined by Allah. And and this is something that's very scary. Remember that when you borrow something from someone and you have the intention of returning it, and you try to return it, then Allah's help will also be with you. But if the intention is corrupt, then there we see that the help of Allah will not be with a person, rather Allah will ruin such a person. So don't run away from your obligations and cover them up with good work. إِلَّا أَن يَكُونَ مَعْرُوفًا Except that it be ma'roof. Ma'roof meaning what is well known. Meaning, now this is an exception from what was mentioned earlier. Imam Bukhari established a very important rule that only the wealthy person must give charity. Does this mean that a poor person cannot give charity? No. He says, unless it is ma'roof. So for example, if a person has very little money, and with that little money, they are taking care of themselves and their families, 
And then they're able to save some of it or spare some of it and give, you know, for example, a dollar, five dollars, a little bit in charity. Can they do that? Yes, because that is ma'roof. That is something that's acceptable. But if a person gives 100% of what they have in charity and now they're begging on the streets, then that is not ma'roof. So, إِلَّا أَن يَكُونَ مَعْرُوفًا بِالصَّبْرِ Specifically, that person is known for his sabr. The person is known for his patience. فَيُؤْثِرَ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِ خَصَاصًا And so he prefers others over himself even though he himself is in need. This is actually mentioned in the Qur'an. And we learn about some companions who actually did that. We learn in a hadith that once some guests came and the Prophet ﷺ requested people to host them. And there was this companion who willingly took those guests home. But when he took them home and he asked his wife, is there any food? She said that there's only enough for the children. And that companion, he said to his wife that, okay, turn the lamp off, put the lights out. And we will serve dinner in the dark, put the kids to bed. So the kids were put to bed, and the husband and wife were pretending that they were eating, alright, in the dark, while they weren't actually eating. So who ate the food? It was the guests who ate the food. So we see that this particular companion was known for observing patience, and he had the fortitude to prefer others over himself. He didn't victimize himself. You see, there are some people who when they make a sacrifice, they consider themselves a victim. And then there are others who when they make a sacrifice, they don't consider themselves a victim. They find they consider themselves very fortunate to be able to help others, to be able to give. So each person needs to evaluate their strengths and their weaknesses and see that am I able to prefer someone over myself? Or am I in a situation where I must fulfill my own need first? كَفِعْلِ أَبِي بَكْرٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ Like the action of Abu Bakr رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ What did he do? حِينَ تَصَدَّقَ بِمَالِهِ When he gave all of his wealth in charity. We learn about Abu Bakr رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ that at the time of the expedition of Tabuk, he brought everything that he possessed. This is, remember the story of Umar رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ that he decided that he was going to take 50% of all of his property and give it in order to spend it in the way of Allah. So he brought 50% of his wealth and what happened? He finds Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu over there with much more. And he finds out that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu had brought everything, 100% of what he owned. And when the Prophet wasallam asked him that what have you left for your family? He said, Allah and His Messenger are enough. Right? So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was a man of great fortitude, a man of great courage and patience who was able to give preference to others over himself. وَكَذَلِكَ أَثَرَ الْأَنصَارُ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ And just like that, the Ansar also gave preference to the Muhajirin, the immigrants who came to them. وَنَهَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ And the Prophet ﷺ forbade عَنْ إِضَاعَةِ الْمَالِ From wasting money. This is also a very important rule. The Prophet ﷺ forbade us from wasting our money. What does this mean? This means that just because we have money, it doesn't mean that we can use it however that we please. Even in useless things. No. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us wealth, then we are required to take care of it and to use it responsibly. And yes, this is something that we learn through experience and through time. But remember that wasting money is something that's not allowed. 
So this person is not allowed to waste the wealth of people with the excuse of sadaqah. How? How is he wasting the wealth of people that he's borrowed something from them? And instead of returning it to them, what does he do? He gives it in charity. وَقَالَ كَعْبٌ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ كَعْبُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ said, قُلْتُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ I said, O Messenger of Allah, إِنَّ مِنْ تَوْبَتِي Indeed, it is from my repentance. أَنْ أَنْخَلِعَ مِنْ مَالِي صَدَقَةً إِلَى اللَّهِ وَإِلَى رَسُولِهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ That I will give all of my wealth for the sake of Allah and to His Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم. When did this happen? Remember that Ka'ab bin Malik radiallahu anhu was one of those people who remained behind from a very important expedition, the expedition of Tabuk. And when he remained behind, he basically had no solid excuse. He had no genuine reason. So when the Muslims returned, Ka'ab radiallahu anhu went and he apologized to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa He admitted his mistake. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed that no one was allowed to speak to or interact with Ka'ab radiallahu anhu and his companions until further notice basically. So 50 days passed by and no one amongst the Muslims was speaking to them or interacting with them. And so what happened after 50 days, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed verses which are in Surah At-Tawbah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that He has accepted the repentance of these people. So when Ka'ab radiallahu anhu received the good news, and by the way, it's a very interesting story of how Ka'ab radiallahu anhu was on the rooftop of his house, and the Muslims were in the masjid, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he gave them the good news. So several people ran out of the masjid in order to inform Ka'ab radiallahu anhu about the good news. So we learned that one person got onto his horse in order to get to the house of Ka'ab radiallahu anhu quickly. And somebody realized that, okay, he's going to get there before me. So this person actually climbed on top of a small hill or, or a structure and he yelled from there that, O Ka'ab Abshir, you know, rejoice that your repentance has been accepted. So Ka'ab radiallahu anhu was really happy, very, very grateful that his repentance had been accepted. And so he said to the Prophet ﷺ that as part of my gratitude, I want to give all of my wealth in charity. And this is something that we should also think about. That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a blessing, whether it is a blessing of knowledge or the blessing of completing something, mashallah, a lot of people here will be graduating from high school or graduating from grade 8 or whatever. You know, this is a time of happiness, but it's also a time of showing gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His favors. And one of the ways in which we show gratitude to Allah is by giving something in charity. So Ka'ab radiallahu anhu said he was going to give everything he had. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa told him, أَمْسِكْ عَلَيْكَ بَعْضَ مَالِكَ Keep some of your wealth. فَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكَ Because it will be good for you. And this is a very important lesson. Sometimes we get very emotional. We say, okay, you know what? All of my Eid money, I'm going to give it in charity. Alright? There are very few people who think like that. But this is not moderation. From all of these texts, what do we learn? That you have to consider your needs, right? And you also have to consider the needs of the people who depend on you. And of course, you must also give in the way of Allah. You must also spend on those who are in need. So from all of this, we learn about the importance of moderation. 
So Ka'ab radiallahu anhu said, "Qultu fa inni umsiku sahmi alladhi bi Khaybar." He said, that, "Okay, I will keep my share of Khaybar." He had some property in in the land of Khaybar, so he said, "I'll keep that, but the rest I will give." Now Imam Bukhari mentions a hadith. حدثنا عبدان أخبرنا عبد الله عن يونس عن الزهري قال أخبرني سعيد بن المسيب أنه سمع أبا هريرة رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu reported from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala he said that khayru sadaqati ma kana an zahri ghinan the best charity is that which is given by the wealthy meaning in a state of wealth when you have money in a state of richness that is the best charity wabda biman ta'ulu and begin with your dependents Two important principles we learn from this hadith. The first principle is that the best time to give charity is when you actually have money. What we typically do is that when we don't have any money, we dream. We say, oh, when Allah will give me that much money, when I'll be super rich, then I'll give like a million dollars in charity. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make you rich, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make you a billionaire, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you the ability to spend even more than a million dollars in His way. However, think about your present condition. What has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala given you right now? And out of what He has given you, what can you spend in His way? So the best charity is the charity that is given in a state of richness. وَبْدَأْ بِمَنْ تَعُولُوا The second important principle is, begin with your dependents. Begin with those who are around you, meaning with your family, with the people who rely upon you. When we think about giving a donation or giving some charity, we always think about sending money abroad, which is excellent, which is good. Because there are many people suffering around the world and we should be concerned about them. But this doesn't mean that we forget those who are right in front of us. Those who are in our family, those who maybe live in our very own household, or those who live in our city. So an important principle we learn from here that begin charity from where? From those who are dependent on you. Those who are closest to you. حدثنا موسى بن إسماعيل حدثنا وهيب حدثنا هشام عن أبيه عن حكيم بن حزام رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said اليد العليا خير من اليد السفلى The upper hand is better than the lower hand. What is the upper hand? The giving hand. And what is the lower hand? The receiving hand. Does this mean that it is sinful to receive? No, it's not sinful. It just means that the person who is giving is in a much better position. So here we are encouraged to be amongst those who give. And not just those who are always receiving. Yes, there are situations when we have to receive. But we must also be of those who give. And don't let your age ever prevent you. Or your income ever prevent you. No, from whatever that you have, be of those who give. وَبْدَأْ بِمَنْ تَعُولُوا The same thing is mentioned over here. That begin with your dependents. وَخَيْرُ الصَّدَقَةِ عَنْ ظَهْرِ غِنًا And the best sadaqah is given in the state of richness. وَمَنْ يَسْتَعْفِفْ يُعِفَّهُ اللَّهِ Another important rule, another important lesson rather that we learn from here is that whoever يَسْتَعْفِفْ 
whoever refrains, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him riffa. You see, riffa, riffa is to refrain, meaning to not ask people. So whoever refrains from asking, whoever refrains from begging, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fulfill his need. You know, sometimes it's very easy to just go and ask people that I need this much money, can you please help me out? Or for example, just you know, launch an online campaign, for instance, that I want to go to this school or I want to travel and I want to go here and I want to go there, so please support my my dream or my journey. That's okay. As long as it's a legal, it's, it's a lawful matter, it's okay to ask people for support. However, in this hadith, we are encouraged to refrain from asking people, ever. And remember that when you will refrain from asking people, what is the promise that is being made over here? Allah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give ifa to that person, meaning he will not have the need to beg. He will not have the need to ask. The thing is that when people are asked, they don't like it. Isn't it? How many of you like to be asked? Like for example, imagine that you are in the car and you just get off the highway and somebody comes asking for change. How many of you like that? That, oh wow, somebody has come asking me for my change, for my money. Do you like that? No. You turn your eyes away, you pretend like you didn't see them. Many people unfortunately begin to judge such people. They're drug addicts and you know, they're like this and they're like that. So remember that people don't like to be asked. But who likes to be asked? Who likes to be asked? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us in the Qur'an, أُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ Call upon me and I will answer you. In a hadith, we learn that in the last third of the night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven and He asks that is there anyone who will ask me of something so that I will give him? Is there anyone who will beg me of something so that I will give him? So Allah loves to be asked, and people don't like to be asked. So whoever refrains from asking, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will enrich him. وَمَن يَسْتَغْنِي يُغْنِهِ اللَّهِ And whoever seeks to be independent, then Allah will give him independence. Meaning whoever does not want to rely on others, you know, benefit from other people's money, or their charity, or their gift giving, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make him independent. وَعَنْ وُحَيْبٍ قَالَ أَخْبَرَنَا هِشَامٌ عَنْ أَبِيهِ عَنْ أَبِيهِ رَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ بِهَذَا حَدَّثَنَا بُنْ نُعْمَانٌ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا حَمَّادُ بْنُ زَيْدٍ عَنْ أَيُّوبٍ عَنْ نَافِعٍ عَنْ إِبْنِ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا قَالَ سَمِعْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ حَا وَحَدَّثَنَا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنُ مَسْلَمَ عَنْ مَالِكٍ عَنْ نَافِعٍ عَنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بْنِ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ وَهُوَ عَلَى الْمِنْبَرِ The Prophet ﷺ said something while he was on the mimbar and وَذَكَرَ الصَّدَقَةَ and he mentioned sadaqa, meaning giving sadaqa, والتعفف, and refraining from asking people, والمسألة, and begging. So he mentioned these things, and then he said, اليد العليا خير من اليد السفلى. The upper hand is better than the lower hand. فاليد العليا هي المنفقة. The upper hand is the spending, the giving hand. والسفلى هي السائلة. And the lower is the begging, the asking hand. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are giving, those who are generous, those who rely upon Him, and those who are not 
eager to benefit from people in the sense that greedy for what others have. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us ifa and ghina so that we can do with our wealth what He likes. Inshallah we'll conclude over here. Subhanakallahu bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.